0: theater aspects last couple weeks There's been a lot of stuff on uh tv and movies and things of that nature and i want to get right into it because it just happened this past weekend and john and i want to definitely you know talk to you about this but power right power is a polarizing topic there's people who watch it there's people who are on all different sorts of teams there's team tommy there's team ghost there's team tasha it's the final season The mid-season finale was the other day. Mm -hmm. Again, polarizing. Some people loved this. People hated it. Mm -hmm. A lot happened. So, before I get into my thoughts, John, what are your thoughts on the final season and that mid-season finale?
1: Well, I would say with power, like I've always been a fan of power, uh, especially from the beginning. The growth of Ghost, of him trying uh, to make it out the streets and really try to make amends of what he's done in the past and I like the disparities in regards to how his son is trying to go trying to follow his steps of what he did in the past when yeah. he's trying to get basically do the opposite and yeah. Natasha <laughs> <laughs> Natasha is, is basically stuck in a realm of in a sense of like I would say like as a Jenny from the block where Ghost wants to do more and she kind of wants to fall back and do the opposite because she just feels like this is what got us where we where we want where we are. Why walk away from it? And I feel like the major thing, um, well, I say I I'll, I'll say the major upset. I said I would say with the uh, with the the mid season finale mm-hmm. is the way Ghost died at the end. Spoiler and, alert. I'm yeah. so sorry. Uh, I mean, it's all over the internet. It's, <laughs> it's even on cable. Before, uh, before you continue back, I want to put
0: an actual spoiler alert we'll be talking about spoilers with power. And just for clarification, <laughs> <laughs> Ghost got shot. So we're not sure if he died yet, but continue.
1: Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't really like that aspect. And then I feel like a lot of it was rushed in regards to, like, um, like how everyone was going was like aiming to sh- to kill Ghost, and then with the element of where um, Ghost was basically really showing his arrogant side, like you can't stop me, nothing will stop me, you either with me or against me, and I felt like it just made Ghost look extremely, extremely uncalculated, and just with the moves that were going on when. Towards the end of just, like, basically where Tommy would come and say, how are you going to leave me? and like, no, I gave you a choice. And then, like, with with his son, Tariq, which I have a, a theory actually going into this. With, um, do you remember at the end when Tariq came to the party? Yes. And actually speak to his dad. Yes. And he was like, are you really going to, like, tell me? Are you really going to, like, do you really want me to go to jail? Yes. You're not going to take the ride from me? Yes. And then they show this scene where everybody's walking, yeah. trying to kill ghosts. I think Tariq did it. Okay, so the uh, the,
0: the tagline for the end of the episode was hashtag Who shot Joes? Who, who shot ghosts? I'm sorry.
2: Oh yeah, I saw the uh, post.
0: Right, which kind of was like a uh, a throwback to the famous Dallas episode, which was a show in the 1980s where they shot the main character Jr. and the screen went to black, and the whole summer, the whole a big thing was who shot J.R. And talking to my mom and older people, there was like, there was talked about at hair salons, convenience stores. The whole summer was who shot J.R., right? So I think she was trying to get that whole, you know, conversation going, kind of like that. However, it's not, you know, that big as it was back then. Um, so his, John's theory is that it was uh, Tariq that shot him. I'll have one, too, just to kind of... um actually help Josh understands. So what he's talking about with that whole mid-season finale is Howard kind of pulled a Game of Thrones, right, on the last season to where they rushed things and then I would compare Ghost to Khaleesi to where he took a sharp turn from some of the character aspects you saw throughout the series and then all of a sudden he was like this horrible person. It was like parallel to me, somebody who watches Game of Thrones, and I was just like, why is he doing this? This is not something his character would do. Kind of like people were saying about Khaleesi. Not you. But people were saying about her. So, um, so they kind of built it up to where you hated Ghosts and you knew somebody wanted to kill him. But I think certain aspects that weren't true to the character, which made me upset. Because I, I don't feel like after all that, he would tell his son to turn yourself in. That didn't sound right to me, you know, from the door. He loved his son. He said he would take the rap before. Why would he do that? You know, stuff like that. And that whole last episode, um, Ghost was in probably 95% of the frames. He was on every frame of the episode. But it was on purpose telling the story from his point of view and how he was, you know, disrespecting everybody to make you hate the character to see that he can get shot, right? It was it was done very very purposeful. But as far as the whole season, I did think it was rushed uh, to this midpoint, you know, so far. And like Game of Thrones, there's so many unanswered questions. And you just got to, like, subvert your expe- subvert your expectations and be like, okay, okay, I guess this is what it is, right? So, like, what happened to what's going on with Tasha's, the guy who's, you know, wants to date her, right? Shows up at the daycare. And then the drug dealer guy who, who gives her the drugs. What happened to him? Then it's like Ghost gave, uh, got the phone to 2 bit and told me to do something for me. But then Dre got out of jail. So what was he doing it? What was the point of that entire scene? And then it's like, um, BG, who was Tommy's right hand man, got killed three episodes ago. Let me talk about him. It's like, he didn't exist. You know what I'm talking about, right? Right. Yeah. So stuff like that. Um, I'm kind of at a loss, Banks. I don't know who shot him. <laughs> I'm really, really lost. But I would just come up with a theory for the podcast. I can come back to this later. i right. see if I was right or you were right, right. I would probably say um, Tasha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> you, know why, you know why I
1: kind of think it's, it's hard? I would think Tariq over Tasha because if you remember when Reek was like, um, can you tell me why you killed, uh, Breeze? Breeze? And then Ghost is like, well, I gave him a choice and he didn't follow that choice. Right. So I had to do it. And then oh, Rick, you think he did the same thing? Then, gave and him then Reek basically noticed he knew what his dad was going to do. And then he came back and was like, listen, are you really going to do this? Like your son? Gave him He's a basically, giving him a choice. That's actually pretty
0: good. That's a pretty good theory. Only I didn't say Reek because I thought um, I felt like Reek was the obvious choice. Right. But then when you say that, that's actually a very very good theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I saw Reek doing it from early in the season, mm-hmm. so I didn't think they would be that obvious. But right. maybe you know they are. Who knows? So
1: that's good. I, and he has nothing to lose because, yeah. like my dad's, like Reek is just hard at it. Rick's smarter than Ghost yeah. at an age. Like, Rick is, Rick's smart as hell. Right, because like he has the access. And that's the reason why his dad's being so hard. And, like, listen, it's like, it's like basically, it's like this. It's like rich kids yeah. that are born in the suburbs that want to go back to the hood. Right. But they don't understand, like, this is, you're doing, the, you, like, you're messing up the game. You're going backwards. Yeah. This is what we're, this is what we're working to do to get out of it. And you're trying to run back into it, which doesn't make sense. Like, the opportunities that you have, this is when plenty of other people would rather be in your shoes, but you're going backwards which is foolish. Well,
0: let's bring Josh to the conversation because just kind of taking off the show for a second. Because it's a podcast, we can talk about anything. How many people do you know like that in real life who um, are born to where their parents are well-off enough to where they didn't have to live a certain kind of way but want to go back to certain neighborhoods and claim those neighborhoods and don't like where they live and wish they lived in the hood? Stuff like that or do you know anybody like that i should say
2: i do just but for respectful reasons i won't you know name them but of yes, course yeah
0: yes i do and what are your thoughts when you hear stuff like that
2: i mean it's facts okay i mean i if i know people like that that means it's facts right no, i know it's facts <laughs> do you think i mean what would you tell a person like that like if
0: you if it was um mm. you know let's say someone in your family uh a cousin that's and you know that they're living very well at place, and they're like, yeah, I want to go back over here, man, that's where all the action's at. What would you tell this person?
2: I wouldn't tell them anything. I would actually just listen, because I actually want to see, you know, listen to their mentality. Okay. Right, because let's, let's think about it. They're Probably the reason that they're doing this is because most people in their lives were asking questions like that, as opposed to listening to what they said. That makes sense. Okay. And he, perhaps in these environments he listens to. He is listened to. I mean, that is the concept of right society in, in general
0: makes a lot of sense i i know someone personally um like that um and um definitely that their parents worked hard so they didn't have to live in those certain areas but they feel like those areas that they live in now are too boring and want to be with action is at, and you know don't want to um stay where they're at and i know certain people who even if they have family members who still live in the hood, they're like, it won't go back. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not bringing my kids with me. <laughs> like, no, don't, don't even be
0: like, no, You go to my house. <laughs> Why well, I ain't going to see
2: you. <laughs> oh, whatever.
0: Oh, <laughs> because they feel like, I don't want my kid to think, you know, this is a good place to be. I worked hard to get them out of there. So I understand that aspect too.
2: But as we said before in our last episode, when we talked about the N-word, it's also chic within our community so you'll see instances like that where you're adopting part of that let's say the hood culture because it's it's popular right it's the same concept of being chic yeah yeah
1: yeah. you know thinking a little bit more it's like the idea of human nature where good versus bad where we all have an element of being bad and having like an evil side to us where we kind of yearn for the idea of danger and even though you may have a good setting that dark element is so attractive of just being able to do whatever you want and there's like no rules or regulations and you're just basically defying like the status quo in a sense and then it's like it's lucrative in a sense of like okay i got this now and i could do this and i could do that and then you watch like the gang movies and i want to be a gangster and all that even though see (laughs) <laughs> it's just like that, that so you do have sound effects so. <laughs> that that Indeed. that feel that feel is just attractive
0: right yeah I definitely can't um, can't agree with that so also I don't know if you saw this or not John but um, when I'm watching it mm-hmm. um, I could tell they're setting up Power Book 2 right to be some sort of a prequel because first of all they brought this random ass uncle in here Right. who we've never seen before, right. who was, uh, shouts out to um, the colonel from a different world. Mm-hmm. I don't know his real name, but he played the uncle right. uh, of, of Ghost. And it um, brought him in And We've never seen him before. Right. And then he's constantly now all of a sudden talking about his father, right. who he talked about for six years, right? <laughs> right? And I talk talking about him. So they're clearly setting up a prequel mm-hmm. and getting your mind wondering this. And they talk about the Breeze mm-hmm. killing, which happened way before the show came on. Right. So, not, so I think they're like bringing these aspects in mm-hmm. so you watch the prequel. But I think by setting up a second show in a prequel, it's taking away from the show you're watching right now. Right. Because they're bringing all these aspects we don't really need. It doesn't go with the story. Mm-hmm. And you've seen that before too, where someone try to set up either a sequel or a prequel
2: and take away from what they're doing. Oh, like Game of Thrones? Like Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Word. I, I definitely see the parallels. I mean,. I again, I I couldn't get past season two, right? Because at this stage in my life, I'm just tired of seeing, you know. I get it that that violence. Because we have a lot more to offer. Yes. Which is what got me intrigued in the show was Ghost and his progress. I was like, okay, that's the message we need to be promoting in waves. And it's a dope show. Great cast. Right. A very provocative creator. Right. It had everything you need. And for a bit, it was the second best show on TV after Game of Thrones. So clearly something made it great. It just sounds like, again, with all shows, they're going away from that. So there actually might be a financial benefit for doing this. Because a lot of great shows end very quickly, which is very odd.
0: Well, I think mm-hmm. i talked about this. And I think this is what happened to Power. I think this is why Netflix has this kind of um, uh, formula now where they keep shows on for only, like, three to four years max, right? And then they move on. They do have to pay actors more money because the contract's already up. And then if the show's already starting to fall off or it's hard to come out more stories, mm-hmm. it's over. So it, like, ends at the apex, right, It's the highest moment. So you're right. like, that was a great show for only three or four seasons. Because when you keep going, like a Game of Thrones, like a Power, whatever it is, sometimes it is hard to keep that hype and keep those stories, you know, flowing. So I definitely get, you know, that kind of shortened aspect. But um, the prequel, I mean, I hope it's okay, but I, don't, I, was, I was thinking we were just setting it up, you know. But I'm not very happy with the mid finale, so um, – or, or the mid-season show. I, actually, I thought the mid finale was the worst episode of the entire series. That's how mad I was in this in that episode. <laughs> I, I just did. I thought it was just the worst, like – I almost turned it off. Like, I was right. so upset about it. So, um, but that's power. Um, also, on the last couple weeks, uh, I'm, you know, as we all know, I'm, I'm a big movie buff. I'm always at the movies. I have a limited movie pass. I've seen three movies in the last two weeks. I saw two last weekend by itself.
2: Um, you know, ladies, if you're interested, you know.
0: Yeah. You know, I need some partners to go to the movies with. So, it's just. Uh, well, what
2: type of movies do you like in general, Mike?
0: Um, I actually don't. I may have a specific type of movie, if you'll see by the movies I saw. I, I, I like movies that I think are going to be well written, well done, and well acted, basically. So
2: Even on a date? On
0: a date? <laughs> um, no, because it depends on who I'm dating. It depends on, like, I've I dated women who, who are deep into comic book films, you know?
2: That sounds I, splendid.
0: Yeah, like, we wore, here's a girl I dated, you know, we wore matching uh, Black Panther t-shirts to go see Black Panther. We took pictures by the billboard. We was all in there like Wakanda forever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like all into it. But then I know girls who are like, yo, I ain't watching superhero shit. Like, like, what like so it depends on who I'm dating.
2: Also, if you guys could do me a favor, and everyone listening and watching, take a listen to Mikhail and I's Black Panther review, and let me know what you guys think.
0: Okay, definitely.
2: Please.
0: I'm definitely going to listen to that. <laughs> by the <laughs> way that
2: was the first podcast i ever created it wasn't the first like video because i did youtube too but it was the first podcast are you like giving
0: us a caveat because it's like trash we can say it was first trash, 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 oh i thought it was spectacular okay the right, <laughs> the reason why
2: i'm bringing it up
1: believe in yourself <laughs> believe
0: in yourself <laughs> um yeah so it depends on the girl i'm dating like like you know this one sample up rom-coms You know, that's cool. We can go watch some of those.
2: You like those, Mike?
0: I didn't say me. (laughs) I I said there are women who like them, so I'm cool with those. But rom-coms got to have more calm than rom for me to like it. So it's got to be funny as hell on top of having a slight romantic aspect. So like a Kevin Hart type movie? Nah, Kevin Hart's trash. (laughs) 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 That's
2: what it sounded like you were saying. You like trash. The
0: the Wedding Ringer is a good Kevin Hart movie (laughs) and a good rom-com. I'll give him that. But, so what kind of
2: rom-coms do you like?
0: I mean, rom-com for everybody is a romantic comedy, for people who don't know in the movie world. Well. <laughs> but um, uh, I would say stuff like, you know, going back to like Wedding Crashers, you know, uh, that's a rom-com. Um, I, even,
2: I think my favorite one is No Strings Attached. See,
0: that's more rom than com, so I don't, I don't know about about
2: that. I mean, if you understand what he's doing, it's comedy. I do understand it's comedy. It's, it's, it, okay, and I put it in the category with Hitch.
0: Hitch is a good Hitch. Is, Hitch, is, Hitch is phenomenal. And actually.
2: the pickup artist with our boy RDJ.
0: Okay, I'm not really into the pickup artist Molly
2: but... Ringwall
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You know what, pickup artist was pretty good. Um, the breakup with Vince Vaughn. That's an, that's another one. And, and Jennifer Aniston. Um, there's a bunch of, like, right, I mean, they have their their, their moments. Um, then you go back to, to, like, the newer ones, even um, with the Bridesmaids. hilarious, you know, and, and stuff like that. So it, it, if the women like that, we can do that. If they want to see a dramatic movie, we can do that. Whatever, you know, I, I don't have a specific second. I love all movies, so I don't know what you want to go with. And I go with everybody. On Sunday, I went with... My grandmother and my mother. <laughs> on Saturday, I went by myself. Like it doesn't
1: really, you know, really
2: matter. So I'm imagining you saw Harriet with your mother and grandmother. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> my
1: and grandmother. now I think we should go into that. I didn't see the movie yet. Uh, I'm a little uh, skeptical on watching it, just based off the reviews. I know you watched it, so I'm curious to get an idea of what you felt based off based of what I've been seeing. i feel... From what I saw, it just seemed like they didn't really do a good job of explaining, like, the real story of Harriet Tubman. And it, they kind of commercialized it to an, to an extent. Oh, yeah. And it it, it kind of felt like it was a slap in the face. I, I, but you saw the movie. I don't know. But just looking at what I watched, <laughs> so... <laughs>
2: Is this gonna be spoiler? It's gonna be a
1: spoiler review because it's Harry
0: Tubman's story, so you pretty much know the story, right? So, <laughs> so oh,
2: it's like the Titanic. I got gotcha. <laughs> you yeah,
0: right. Like I'm not really spoiling anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? if you took, That's fair. Yeah, history class. You should know the you know. So, but um, so uh, so, so with Harriet, I, I enjoyed the movie first and foremost. Okay, I was entertained throughout. Entertained. Um, uh, you know, I never left like you know, stretch or whatever um her real st- I-, I thought it showed aspects of the good part is it show aspects of her as a slave mm-hmm. before she became a person who was quote unquote free and going to free slaves herself right and most of the time when you hear about Harry Tubman it a lot of time it starts at Harry Tubman freed this amount of slaves. Mm-hmm. But you forget she was a slave herself. Right. Right? So it did a good job showing that aspect of why she wanted to be free. And then because she knew the life, go back and free others. So I thought that part was really good. Um, I thought the path that she took to run from what was Maryland to Philadelphia, hundred miles, right, on feet for weeks, barely having rations of food, if anything, Uh, To get to freedom, I think they show how long that journey was, um, was very, very well done. I think um, what I mentioned before was to me, you know, very deep because when she got to Philadelphia, a lot of the people who were there were born free. It was in the North, Mm -hmm. right? So they were already born free, even though. Above the Mason Dixon line, yes. Above the Mason Dixon line, right? So they were born free. And even though they were advocates for freeing other slaves, Mm -hmm. when. It became too hard, or the government was was passing laws against um, uh, people freeing slaves and, and 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 keeping and sending out bounty hunters uh, to catch people who were trying to free slaves. Right. They were kind of like, let's fall back a little bit, let's wait. And she was like, "Reason y'all say that because y'all haven't actually been slaves, mm-hmm. right?" So I thought I did a good job emphasizing that she kept going when the movement even wanted to stop or pause because she like, yo, I know what they're going through. So even though y'all helping y'all, y'all don't really know what they're going through. And that's an aspect I never really thought about with the whole Harry Tubman story. Mm-hmm. Cause I know like the help that she got, but I didn't realize people that was helping her, they already was free. So that's mm-hmm. a different mindset, you know, right away. Um, some of the acting was overacted. Just my, my bad part of the review, I thought. I thought the lady who played Harriet had good moments and bad moments. Mm-hmm. I thought um, there's a part in the movie where she goes back to get her husband. Well, she she was free for about a year, and then she was missing her husband. And she goes back to try to free her husband. He was told by the slave masters that when they tried to catch her, she jumped off a bridge and she died. And so was the whole, the, all the other slaves. So he said, I mourned you for a little bit, but... I got a new wife now. So, I don't know what to tell you. As a matter of fact, she's pregnant. So, she had came all the way back from Philadelphia to Maryland to get him. And he had taken up a new wife. <laughs> right? So, she's fast. Of course. Like, what, what do you mean like, you got a new wife? I thought you loved me. You're like, I love you, but they told me you died. What you want me to do? You know what I mean? At this point. So, you know, in, in this terms.
2: So, so, I haven't seen the movie yet. But. Do you think that his new wife looked better than Harriet?
0: They never showed the new wife. They put it on purpose. Interesting. Harriet, I love what she did. <laughs> Harriet wasn't a looker. Let's let's be
2: real. We seen the photos, and it, we're just being respectful and right, being right. honest. I right. mean, we, we are again. We're being men at the barbershop. You, you know right. what time it is. Let's, not, right, let's not let's not front now. Let's pause
0: now. for a minute, man. At the barbershop. If that was your aspect, you're, you're, and, and, and slavery makes a little different. But I just try to think about that. You were told or you assumed your wife had died. Mm-hmm. How long are you waiting to move on?
1: I guess it depends on how long we've been together and what we what we experienced together. I mean, if it was only like a couple months, maybe a year or two, I mean, I probably mourn for a few months, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Right? It's, it's a I feel like it's like this. I feel like it's a difference if you've been with somebody like, less than two or three years, like. Right. Then, and then under the, under them circumstances, I, I don't know if that's really even, like, a full one to three years. Like, it's just that. I probably would have said the same thing. Like, listen. All uh, right, so John was I sitting thought, hell with she Harriet. Away, so. She gone. showed you over here
0: that she she's picking cotton. Like, you want to be, you want to leave listen, that kid? Listen, every time she's been over to pick that cotton, <laughs> <I> <laughs> that's kind of fat. You know what I'm saying, go so gone. Look, what you want me to do about the situation? So, um, I guess, like, oh I guess if it were me, um, and I guess it's hard for me I have to see in a movie, but still, <laughs> I I'll wait, I I'll, I'll wait. What's called? I guess a respectable time.
1: So, so what's a respectable time? Mike? Like, like I'm, I'm curious now.
0: Um, I mean, if I really loved you and my wife in general, like... It would... <laughs> hold up, hold up. Sorry, we have to
2: re-ask everyone, but I still want you to listen. But the real question... I mean, still want you to answer. Right. But but the real question is, if she looked like Harriet, how long are you waiting? That's the question. <laughs> but
0: he married in the first place, so he had to be feeling her a little bit.
2: Okay. Continue, Mike. Go
0: ahead. Uh, but I, I would say... Um, <laughs> I really loved you, and you're my wife, and whatnot. And we have plans, our kids, and all the good stuff. I would say it'll be a good year before I even try to holler at somebody, at least. Josh,
2: well, here's the thing if we're going to be incredibly honest, right? Given our past, right? Which is a reality, it's right? Like, it's already in the books, most likely how many of the women in your life will try to come and console you in the future if that's a reality? A lot of them. So, like, a year, you say? (laughs) What's your
0: time, Josh? What are you talking about me no more?
2: Again, you know, it depends on the situation, like you guys said. Right. But if we're in this Harriet Tubman... Yep.
0: It is Harriet Tubman.
2: I mean... You know, out of respect, I would remain celibate for a year.
0: Okay, all right.
2: And let everyone know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so on Harriet's anniversary.
0: <laughs> okay. So, like I said, she had been gone for only the year. And by the time she got back, dude was married and shorty was expected. So, didn't wait that long at all, apparently.
2: So, yes. I, I'm just saying, are you really surprised is the question.
0: <laughs> I mean, not really, but, you know, anyway, that hurt her heart because she came for him. She had a whole suit with her. So he can, you know, mask himself coming back, looking like, you know, actually, he wasn't even a slave. He was already free. Man, I was with you. That's another aspect of it. Oh, been.
2: you ain't say that.
0: Yeah, he was free and he was living near um, the, uh, the field. Uh, Slave owners where where she was at. But he had free papers, but she didn't. So what happened was that the slave owners would allow him to come on their property to see his wife. But he had to dip. He could never stay all the time.
2: Even though he was free then.
0: Even though he was free, but she wasn't free.
2: So what happened when she started freeing other people and they were both free?
0: No, no, okay. So let me back up. I'm sorry. So he would they were married he would come visit her stuff like that
2: when he was free
0: yeah he was free okay she wasn't free um and he would come visit the slave owner would allow him first of all he allowed him to marry her and get permission Mm -hmm. then he allowed him to come visit her come to church on sunday all that good stuff when they asked the slave owner can she you know uh, it it was supposed to be a rule when her mother got to a certain age then i think it was 45 then the whole family was supposed to be free. Dude was like, and "It was a paperwork signed about this. Dude was the paperwork, ripped it up. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. Y'all ain't never going to be free. Oh, shit. Blah, blah, blah. Then oh, he told my man, man, then he told my man, you don't want to come here to this nonsense, so now you can't even come see your wife no more.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: So at that moment, she was like, you know what? I'm out. I'm dipping. So he came, was like, yo, let's go together, you know, because uh, we, we can both run she's not free, he's free. He waited for her, but she left him. And her thing was... I ain't put that in there either, did I? But she left him, and her thing was, if I take you with me and you get caught, you're going to lose the freedom that you already got. I never had freedom, so if they catch me, I'm going back to where I already know.
2: That's fair. That's a ride or die. I appreciate that.
0: Right. So she left him. They questioned him about it. Messed his eye up. but He really didn't know where she was at, so... Um, plausible
2: actually, deniability, since, right? Since we're in the law office, you know. right?
0: Plausible deniability. So, <laughs> so she left him, but I guess in her mind, her plan was I'm always go back for him. And again, a year had passed. She was out working; she had a regular job. She was in, she was in Philadelphia, free. She was like working for like a maid service. She was living with this uh, lady who runs a house. She was um, and uh, she was like, I miss my husband. I'm going back to get him. So when she went, like I said, he already took a new wife had somebody pregnant she cried was upset thought he should have waited blah 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 but then while she was there her brothers who were still slaves her brother had a new wife and a baby other brother was had a little family she was like you know what i thought my reason to come back was to get get my husband but it wasn't it was to get my family so she left with nine slaves the first time she went and because harriet um, was able to, and what they always said, she was able to, like, literally talk to God. She knew the path to get back without getting caught. So she came back with nine slaves, none lost, right? The first time she went, and they were, like, super surprised. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, amazing, a hundred-mile journey, right? So they put her right into the um, coalition of people who free slaves.
2: Underground rail, Railroad.
0: Right, well, I don't know if it was that at that time when the freeze first got in. It was something else, but it came out later on. But nevertheless, um, and she saw, like, she didn't know what was going on, but you, and you saw this board, and they put her name on there, and it said, like, nine slaves, zero lost. But you would see something that were like, seven slaves, three lost, 20. No, everybody lost somebody, but she lost nobody, right, on, on our way back. So, um, so that happened, and then I'm going to keep going and going because we got a lot to talk about, but. She keeps freeing slaves throughout the movie over and over again, going back to the same slave um, field she worked at. The guy who was running it, he was obsessed with her because they were the same age. So they kind of grew up together. His dad died, so he took over the whole field. and
2: He's he, the one who up the contract.
0: He No, the dad dropped the contract. Oh. Then the dad died. So he was obsessed with her, though. So even when somebody would see her, he would always say, bring her back a lot, back to me. I think he kind of had a crush on her, too.
2: Jungle fever, yes.
0: Right. So, they probably could have shot her from a distance, but because he was like, no, I need her alive, probably helped her a lot of times, too, and whatnot. Because there was one point when a guy had her a point-blank range, point-blank, could have shot her, and the guy shot, shot him in the head. As I told you, I want her alive.
2: Oh, sh- <laughs> damn.
0: <laughs> yeah. the I do. And she got away. And she had her standoff with him, movie-type standoff, right, where she's like, and I thought it was very predictable, I know she's gonna have an ending standoff with the guy who was her pursuer for so many years, and you know they wind up. Uh, she winds up um, shooting him and leaving him to die, and then she, you know, it shows Harry kept free and slave. So it was tip atypical certain aspects, but I was entertained throughout, y'all. To answer your point, so my question to you with that movie was not just that movie, but in general, are you at this point in your life against? slave films you don't want to see them anymore do you like them do they intrigue you how do you feel about them overall
1: um well I feel like with slave films I don't really feel they're necessary um I really feel like there's plenty of other stories when it comes to black culture of what we can do as opposed to us being uh, oppressed and constantly having the idea of making us feel like we're smaller than uh, the majority and I feel like what's why put so much energy into showing a reflection of the darkest moments but not really explain everything in vivid detail but also not give enough energy to what we've done good for America and what we experienced and what we created and what we brought here, as opposed to just showing what was taken from us. And I just feel like if we're going to do all these slave movies, why not show that, showcase our other talents?
0: How do you feel about the films in
1: general?
2: And- I mean, personally, I don't mind, and I didn't mind the the uh, religious depictions of, let's say, the Christ story, mm-hmm. things like that. or the Christ? Or Exodus, or all mm-hmm. the way back. So, you know, the uh, Ten Commandments, all mm-hmm. that. I mean, even though they were uh, not, let's say, ethnically accurate. <laughs> right. But uh, they were still, you know, they're very interesting, you know, forms of entertainment. So you're never going to be 100% accurate, even with films like, you know, Harriet. Right. So it's just a lot, there's a lot of liberties in the uh, the screenplay writing of these movies.
0: So I don't agree with uh, John um, um, at all. I, I, I personally like the films, of course, like any other film when it's done well, right? It doesn't matter what, what, what type it is. But even Harriet, right? I left this movie, like I haven't seen a slave film in quite some time. But I left the movie and it's almost like to me, like I do know that we're progressing as a culture, as a race but sometimes we might get too comfortable I feel like and as a, as a culture and as a race and sometimes they serve as a reminder to me in general mm-hmm. as what we did go through and what we um and, and how far we actually came and it's funny cuz I was in the bathroom with a guy after Harriet and he said you see the movie I said yeah and he said you know Trump's trying to make it like that again right now Whatever, that's what he said in the bathroom. I was like, "Yeah, you know," um, but that'd be you know hard for him to ever do that again. He was like, "Man, you never know. I hope not, but you never know with with, with this guy." So it's amazing that to me, you know, he still thinks it's a possibility for well, slavery to reoccur.
2: I mean, well, maybe not slavery, but at least Jim Crow. I mean, we're kind of seeing that now.
0: I agree with that as well. So again, to me, to serve as a reminder. Um, there was a show called The Underground about a couple of years ago. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. Mm-hmm. Right, it was a very, very good show starring um, Journey Smollett. It was about the Making Seven, who's a real group who escaped. All seven escaped from from uh, 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 from one. Um, I think what what is it called? Slavery? When they have a uh, plantation, they escaped from one plantation. All seven of them, and they were chased from Georgia right to the North, which is a much further journey than Harriet had. And Harriet helped him along the way in, in this show, right? But it was riveting. It was great TV. If you could ever find it, cause it was a couple seasons or whatnot. But even that, same thing, I'm like, yo, I, I love this for some reason. Like, like to me, and I get your point about showing what we're doing now, but I don't want to ever forget what happened before, either at the same time, you know? And when people say, like, you know, stuff like, why do you guys still, uh, you guys being black people, right? Um, other races say, why do you guys still, Talk about slavery, or make movies about it, or, or get upset about it. I'm like because it took place for 400 years. It wasn't like a two days. You know what I mean? It wasn't a freaking retreat. It was 400 years. You know how long 400 years is? It's a long fucking time for one race to own. (laughs) I'm just saying, for one race to own another race, the whole concept is to me is ridiculous. So. I think if it took place for 400 years, mm-hmm. we can talk about it for about 150. <laughs> so that's just my thoughts about
2: it. I mean, but it's you know, there's nothing new under the sun has happened in biblical times as well.
0: I agree with that as well. You know, so um, but but that, that, that's hard to me. So I just disagree. But you know, thoughts are thoughts. Another polarizing movie I saw. That you guys might have some thoughts on is Black and
1: Blue. Now, how was that? I see all the clips with, with Tyrese posting videos and him getting donkey of the day, and all that. Oh, um, not for the movie, but for something else. For the, um, Pat, uh, Hobbs and Shaw yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just thought it was really, I I thought it was really unique what he was doing to try to draw excitement for the movie of mm-hmm. showing like multiple scenes and clips of police brutality. A lot of the times, uh, police officers going for a normal traffic stop where there's really not much of a quarrel and then next thing you know they're pulling somebody out of the car being breaking a window and doing this down and third somebody getting hurt when it's really nothing and then it shows like the idea of like we're not just saying we're not just saying like the idea of police officers are just like killing black people because they're uh providing force but they're just literally killing us or hurting us or like taking our rights away when we're not doing anything? So
0: black and blue was kind of just that, right? It was um, the blue, which is the cops, right? No matter what race of cop, but just cops, right? Versus black people. Um, I'll start like I did before. Black and blue was actually really good. Like, I started with mom and grandma too. Shout out to my mother and grandmother. Um, I try to spend time with every week, but... Uh, they both love to give it like a nine out of ten. I an eight and a half to make on a movie person. But um the actress, she's um Tyrese did what he did because he's a well known actor in the movie. So right. he tried to promote it as much as he possibly could. Um but he, even though he had only a um a co cool starring role in the movie. Um but you're right. It, it showed a lot. It like it, it showed the gritty areas and it showed not only um the dirty cops making side deals with drug dealers and things of that nature, but then it showed them actually um, doing what you're talking about, making you know stops for no reason and and just um, and and things, You know, it's supposed to be a spoiler-free review, <laughs> so I'm not gonna get into it too much. Right. But but it did, uh, and I, I didn't. I haven't yet, so <laughs> in my defense. But um, it, it did show all that. Definitely will make you think at the end of the movie. It is a good versus evil kind of movie, so it's a it's a clear, you know, story and effect there. But what you did see was the perseverance of the cop who was a rookie, who's that's known in the movie. Um, oh, Naomi Harris. Naomi Harris.
2: So if I do see it it'll probably be for her. Yeah. She's like the uh I don't know if I can say this.
0: You can say what you want. It's on your radio. What you mean?
2: I know I, I feel like I'll upset too many people I'm not going to say it but um she I love her as an actress okay she was in the Bond films as Money Penny.
0: that was Money Penny. I was wondering where I knew her from so she got like a uh, she, she's like a, a um from Britain or something whatnot I guess right uh, right okay all right gotcha yeah okay she, oh my God. oh never mind okay <laughs> I remember Money Moneypenny
2: she, she's the for me she's like the British Taraji
0: Okay, <laughs> I'd call
1: me
2: off guard for a minute, but which is why I didn't, say, you know. Yeah, I know you guys can handle, it, but not you know, not everyone can handle that. All right so. that
0: dress is money, Penny. Oh man, um, <laughs> Miguel. That. I'm just saying, did you see? Did you see the ball film?
2: Like, Mike, come I know on. you saw it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, we're gonna have to do a podcast about that because I, I don't think it's gonna be. Good. I hope they, you know, knock it out the park, but I think it's gonna. Sink, talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so
0: I mean, the thought provoking is good, John. I think I, I think um, Black and Blue was well done. I mean, it's, it's not a very big budget film, or neither to make a big make a lot of money as you wouldn't expect it to do. But um, for what it did, I mean, for what it was, I thought it was a really good movie. That's just me. Again, I'm keeping it scroller free, and uh, I'll tell you more off offline, but okay. um, it's really really good. And then I'm going to do one last one, and I'm going to do it quickly, which was Terminator Dark Fate. Oh,
1: no, no. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. Go ahead, uh, I was actually contemplating watching this with my boy on Saturday, because we weren't really doing anything. And But then I remember like, the mixed reviews. I was singing in like, Terminator, and then hearing like, it was going to be really good, and then hearing other people saying like, it was trash.
2: James Gammer's going to be an executive producer. And uh,
1: I, I i didn't know. I was just like, I was scared. But I knew you were going to watch it. And I'm just curious to see, like, just, like, honestly, like, how was it? Like, is it worth watching it or should I just watch a bootleg or something? Oh
2: <laughs> should you get it at the barbershop? <laughs> yeah. Allegedly, you know.
0: Hey, listen, man, DVD man was the dude of communities back in the day, man. <laughs> For The laundromats, hair stores, like it's always there. Six dollars. Um, but uh, no, Terminator Dark Fate is the best Terminator since Terminator 2, and it's been six films. Okay, and it's the sixth film. Mind you, the other three were trash, so don't get too excited <laughs> in between. So tornado's was good. Terminator two. Then it was
2: um. So it's the top three with all that trash behind. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> right in the top okay. You, you get what I'm saying, right? So so all right. All right but
0: uh, I'm gonna give more, I'm gonna give a review a little bit more. <laughs> um,
2: How did Sarah Connor do?
0: Um, Sarah Connor was good. She was the same rough, tough chick that she's been in all the. Well, second in this movie. Uh, Sarah Connor actually made the movie I heard a lot of people say that and I agree with her She was great Um, I didn't like the character of Grace who was the new hero in the movie Um, I didn't like her, I don't know From
2: from the trailer her existence didn't make sense
0: Her attitude just wasn't really good for me Um, What I will say is um, and not to be misogynistic but I could tell, like, there was, like, hints of, like, parts of, like, I don't know if, like, the Me Too movement or just the the push for women in Hollywood because Sarah Connor's in the movie, Grace is a woman who's a hero, and then the the character that the, um, the villain is after is also a girl.
2: Well, this is why I'm surprised you guys didn't, like, talk about the connection with that theme in all the three movies that we just talked about.
0: This is true. And we'll get to that in one second. I just noticed that. <laughs> so, um, so all three were like, you know, in the second terminator, you had Sarah Connor, you had her son, John. And in and, and terminators you had like the men and some of the heroes, but you also still had women. It was a mix. But now there's three women who are basically the heroes of the movie. All right? And then they go get a little assistance from Arnold. Arnold as a matter of fact, Arnold was the best part of the movie, actually. As the T eight hundred. Then it was Sarah Connor. What they did with Arnold was great. Right, so I think that was really good. Um, the villain did a good job. He wasn't as scary as the one in Terminator two, mm-hmm. as like because he was actually like Terminator two was like is like like a half like scary half sci-fi. Like dude was actually scary as shit in Terminator two, right? But and, and if you remember that Josh, um, but uh, and this one he wasn't as like 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 like, like horrifying, but he was terrifying that makes sense right so um, <laughs> like we have nightmares about him but you'd be scared to see him in the middle of the street <laughs> <right>? <laughs> but, but, but like that
2: it sounds like you're describing the uh, final scene in endgame when you have all the female superheroes line up that's not kind of what
0: the heroes were in this movie um, but to answer your question no go see it like it's really really a good movie um, it's budget was so high, and me and Josh talking about budgets over the weekend, but it's budget was so high, it won't recoup. It's going to take a loss, unfortunately, because it's such a sci-fi movie. But that's not your business, right? Your business is being entertained. Right. So so go see the movie. It's actually a good movie. It's not a bad. It's not trash at all. Action sequences are really good. Of course, you got to, um, you know, look at it. Some of them for, like, being a crazy action movie. Like, this is impossible, but this is an action movie. Right. Um, but it's a good movie, I would definitely say. You know, if I were to, um, of the three movies I saw over the last two weeks, the most entertained I was was Terminator. Okay. Um, the but the best movie was Black and Blue. If that makes sense, that was probably the more thought provoking and mm-hmm. had a lot more character build up and things of that nature. And Harriet was just like I knew the story, right? So I'm just Sorry. like watching how they put it on screen. Mm-hmm. But to Josh's point, Harriet. Terminator Dark Fate, Black and Blue, all the heroes or heroines of these movies are all women,
2: right? I mean, again, I didn't see any of them, but I saw the trailers. (laughs) It was obvious in the trailers.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it does seem like there's a huge push for women to be heroes in these movies. And whatnot. And again, there's some great women hero movies, but sometimes it's like, can we, you know, like it's like anything else in life, right? You want to get things, you want to fix things. You don't have to go so far left that you're no longer right, right? You can get, you try, try to stay in the middle if you possibly can. And that's why I think Hollywood is making a mistake sometimes by going so far left and feeling like they haven't had inclusion of women, and that gonna be everything. Right. Like, which is
2: which is interesting because the opposite side of the pendulum is politics are going incredibly right, right. Which is interesting,
0: very interesting. So those are my thoughts on the movies I seen this weekend. Hopefully you go see some. If you do, let me know and we can talk about it. You know later on. Um, next thing we we'll want to discuss and um, is uh, what's been going on in um, internet. Pop culture over the last couple of weeks. Um, so there was a something that started um, about a month ago now, and it started out. Well, actually, I'm gonna let John bring this up. It's about the Angela Yee Gucci man, Gucci <laughs> versus uh, Charlemagne the God. So John's the most in depth about this. So why don't you tell the view, the listeners what's been going
1: on? Well, uh, I believe all this is coming from uh interview, uh, I would say, from fit, uh pre Gucci man. Um, <laughs> I like that, Prefit Gucci. Basically, Angela Yee has a, a side venture, which is, which, which is a, I guess, a, considered a podcast. It is a podcast, yeah. A podcast, which is, which is called Live Service, where... Angela uh, Angela Yee and a group of women uh, ask raunchy questions and get a little provocative uh, in conversation, and there was um, a moment where Angela Yee was basically describing um, Asian women, Asian woman, and I guess uh, what they could what they could provide, and then. There was a little banter going back
2: and forth. Well, It was regards, about Asian
0: women in their private parts. In their and, private parts.
1: And, and, and how...
2: Are we talking men or women?
0: Women. women. Asian women. Yeah. You know, women. Asian is half Asian. Right? Yes. So yeah. half black, half half Asian.
2: And what can they provide?
0: <laughs> Apparently a deep... A deep vagina is what she said. In really? In particular podcast, right.
1: yes. And then she was going back and forth with all of Gucci and his vibe. And Gucci was like, oh, so I can go knee deep in it. And then she was like, well... Yeah, and you know, any man would take it as okay, you're flirting with me now, like you want me. And basically, long story short, they go to the breakfast club, Gucci man comes there and he talks about it, brings it up, and then Angela Yee completely denies any doing. Of I this. saw that part, yeah, and then she was like, No. I would never not And the to, part uh,
2: that I don't get the incongruency for me, and sorry to cut you off, is right. the fact that she has a podcast about talking about things like that, yeah. and then anytime a guest brings up anything that has to do with dating, oh, I'm not that type of chick at all. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense.
1: And my thing, which I find so unique about this, is just based off of how Angel Lee, you know, I guess some women can fall into this, is where they present this ideal of seduction and raunchiness to gain attention but once tables are flipped and where they kind of get cornered into a wall of where they may be considered I guess I would say this in layman's terms hoish she's quick to defend herself in regards saying like no that's not me I would never do anything like that and that's just something I wouldn't do so why portray it on a, on a different element and then when somebody confronts you which is basically what Gucci man's doing you shy away from it and say, "No, no that's not me. I'm, I'm a lady. I don't do this." Blah blah blah. But then the next week, when you're on the episode, you get you start asking the same questions, if not even worse. And I so, have, wait, not to cut you off. Right. So, we talked about this the other day uh, amongst ourselves in one of our
0: chats, and this is a John's exact uh, quote, just so you can you know go off of it. So you said, "When a woman acts." And hoish ways to create content and attention, but when they get called out on it, it becomes, oh, he's attacking me. I'm not a hoe.
1: Right. And you feel like that's wrong or they're wrong for acting that way? This is my thing. I think if you're going to talk in that element, then talk in it. But just if somebody is going to, you know, come at you or feel what you're doing is wrong but if you but if you're honestly doing this just because you believe that you should do this or that you're able and willing and to speak freely then do that continue to have that same energy but if somebody is going to go off of what typical standards of being a lady and being a hoe and when you get caught up in that parallel to an extent you i feel like a lot of women may get into a point of where okay no that's not really me why are, you, why are you why are you attacking me
2: which is interesting because a lady would never use such language like that would she no which is interesting right
0: so i, I want to talk about this we are gonna get to the Charlemagne part later right because right. that's the third part of it so the angela versus gucci main right
1: right because then it was a little further right where he was supposedly uh banned from the breakfast club allegedly banned from the Breakfast Club because Gucci would try to go and allegedly uh, Angela Lee would say she didn't feel comfortable with him being there and then with it being DJ Envy's show and apparently it looks like DJ Envy Angela Yee, well he is the boss right. and Angela Yee and DJ Envy are kind of like an entity when it comes to businesses Right. and then Charlamagne is his own entity doing his right. own business and he basically rolls Evangeline, and Evangeline basically states like, "I'm not comfortable." He's not going to okay it, so it's like two against two against one, where the like, one says okay, and the other right. two say no. So this is why he can't come. Right. And then she denies it's like, "Oh, he can come." I don't know. Understand and all that? <laughs> and I didn't. I just didn't like that aspect. Like, if you're going to like own up to what you're saying, right. then own up to it. So just for context and for, for Josh, um,
0: the initial interview. On her lip service podcast, right, was a quote unquote pre fit Gucci was in 2010. He came on the Breakfast Club and talked about that interview in 2016, post fit Gucci, as you would say, right. And, um, and that's when she denied that she wasn't flirting with him and all this stuff. And people found the uh snippets from the show where it clearly sounds like that she was. It. He posted it. <laughs> um, now, 2019, he had a new album coming out last month, and that's when it was brought up that he was banned from the Breakfast Club. Right. Right. And now it's where it's all coming out. So, um, so my thoughts is that, I mean, it's like so many layers, and it's good conversation. So, um, you got the quote-unquote hoish ways, right, which, which John talked about, and it's like, I don't know exactly what you mean by hoish ways. Like, what exactly would you term hoish ways? It's basically Like, do you think
1: that what she did was a hoish way? Right, because you can see how offended she was. So, it's basically like this, right? You see a woman, and let's say, let's say in a hoish manner, somebody's talking about sex, and they get really, really graphic, All Right. where a lady may say it's intercourse, and they may not go into too deep into conversation, right? Right. And what Andrew Lee was doing, which is entertaining, of course, she goes into full details. But what I've seen when I watch her, when certain people, when she she tries to catch people off guard, or she may say things to uh you know, I guess stir the pot up a little bit. Right, right, right. right. And then if they try to defend themselves, she's saying that, oh, I'm being attacked. But I think I would respect her more if she's willing to say those things, like own up to it. like if you said this, explain it like I, because I feel when especially when they, when Gucci Man came came back when he was in shape mm-hmm. years later to explain this, I think it would have been better because Gucci Man wouldn't have much of an argument if she just admitted to what she said and explained it. but she didn't really explain it. She just said, "Oh, I didn't do that. I wasn't flirting with you." No, 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 no. But if you look at the context of how she was doing, how she was saying it, she could have explained it to the audience and owned up to it to where Gucci Man can't really have much of an argument because she was, basically, she was dancing around on confronting what she did. So, the
0: the the, the one thing that makes this like a different layer, right, mm-hmm. with her is because it was her lip service podcast right, where they talk about that type of stuff regularly. Right. Right, so... I don't know. Maybe in her mind, she wasn't actually flirting with him. Oh, come on. Right, but listen, let, listen, 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 listen. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Again, I guess in her mind, right? Uh-huh. Maybe in her mind, she wasn't actually flirting with him, but she was trying to open him up for her podcast, uh-huh. right? Cause if, um if you listen to the podcast, I've listened to the service right. several times, right? And now it's like four or five other women. It's a lot more going on. It's not just like mm-hmm. Lee. At the time, it was just kind of her. Um, but all the guests they have on there, they make these sexual innuendos, Mm -hmm. um, but not saying they actually want to do it with them or, 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 or or whatever, but the innuendos are there and it can definitely be termed, be deemed as flirting. Right. But it almost sounds like they're trying to get them to open up, tell their sexual stories, answer their sexual questions.
1: So if if, if you heard it before, I'm saying. But Mike, you're kind of agreeing with what I'm saying. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Now I get they do that. I understand the concept of the show. Right. I get right. that to they basically try to break you down. Right. But the thing I don't like what Angelique did was when Gucci Man confronted her, she shied away from it. But all you had to do was explain that. Right. Like, no, like, and I agree with you on and that you part. She didn't do that. So I don't. Like I said, I don't. So now she... on her part, it looks like she's lying. Right. So I agree with you on that part.
0: What I just said, she should have said. Mm-hmm. Right? She should have said, listen, it's my it's my lip service podcast. I kind of get a little bit more raunchy on there to open my guests up or whatever. If you thought I was flirting with you, then I apologize. I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. That's it. Would have been the story. So I agree with you on that. I just don't know if she was necessarily actually flirting with him, mm-hmm. only because she's doing a job. And right. her job, if it's a dry-ass podcast, nobody's saying nothing, mm-hmm. on a lip service sexual show, right. it's not worth them. So sometimes she might have to you know, do certain things to bring some out of her, out, out of her guests. Acquiesce. Acquiesce, right? right. And, Josh, and Josh understands that too. Um, Hoish ways, I mean, <laughs> that can go any, you know anywhere. How about uh, we go
2: to the path of clothing with Slim Thugger?
0: We're not going there yet. Because oh. it's the third part of the story, right? It's yeah. the Charlemagne part. Alright. Because it's three people involved.
2: Charlemagne again. <laughs> By the way, Jazz says, he feels like we need like a Charlemagne character, okay. Like occasionally on the show, just to you know spice things up. Probably when we record in the shop, which we will be soon. But you know, crazy is that,
0: Charlemagne ain't Charlemagne like he used to be. If you watch Special Club throughout the years, right, right. He Char- has to clean up his image. Yeah, Charlemagne ain't, is not the Charlemagne character anymore. Right, he's kind of like he he he's become more of a person like you know I can't say this on the radio. I can't. He used to be like you know um, right. he's reckless. He'll have a person there like yo. I call you British vagina or whatever. Like just straight straight to their face or whatever. Like that used to be. Now he's very clean and he's very PC and whatnot. Well, so
2: that's what happens. If you get jumped a couple times, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you learn. He took off quick
1: though. He was smart. I can't give <laughs> Can you that one, Scott. Yeah. Oh. About, when, he, when he outside
0: the breakfast. So, well, ask for a drop, they can't get a drop, yeah. and do him. Yeah. And he would around, saw three people, and was like, <laughs> it took off. <laughs> and like a uh,
1: safari move. <laughs> but,
2: so, yeah, so we'll get to the
0: whole ways more in another part of the uh, segment. But as far as the third part of this story, so, I- I'll clean this up because John, used the first part. So,. Um, Since he was quote-unquote banned from The Breakfast Club, as he thought he was, Charlamagne had his own personal podcast, a personal show, and did an interview with Gucci um, about his upcoming album and being banned from The Breakfast Club, right, and and all this other stuff. So he went on to talk about the same thing John just said about why he was banned and why he was doing it. He kind of, being upset with Angela Yee, kind of talked about her, I guess, in a disrespectful manner. I guess. At least in her eyes, I want to say. In her eyes. I don't want to make a what, what about, about in your eyes? Um, Some of the words that he used I would deem as disrespectful.
2: Because?
0: because. I mean, he didn't have to call her out her name so much.
2: Well, she's yeah. acting like she's not that. She's perpetrating.
0: But why is she that, though? And friend. But why is she that? Because, again, I feel like she's doing a job with the lip service podcast, me personally.
1: I also didn't like how uh her responses to, to who to, or gucci to Gucci like after the interview. Um that I didn't like, yeah. She, she, she was her him. like, Oh, you did you see what he looked like yeah. before he, he yeah. didn't look like that. Don't and don't try to play me now, bitch. Like I, then, I don't like that shit. Yeah, and then like and then you all. and then you try to come at his uh his record sales. Yeah, and I heard that too. That was just childish. Like yeah. I'm like, come on. Like he's trying to bring on a point. You're not explaining yourself. And then he and then he's defending himself because now you're coming at his wife, you're saying all these other things. And then when he's basically explaining like what's going on, Angelie's not really giving you a direct answer, so he's gonna go off of what he felt. Yeah. Which makes sense.
2: I don't know, Mike, don't like that, that sounds like whole shit to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well he said, Oh. Nevertheless, um who is her coworker, has been for the last seven or eight years. <laughs> Right, was
1: uh, listening and laughing, cracking right. the hell up at Gucci right. and the stuff he was saying. Which a lot of people were on the on the contrary were a lot of people were saying. Well, some people I would say when it came to Gucci Man, not Gucci Man, sorry, Charlemagne, when he when Gucci Man was saying in the comments about DJ Envy calling him a punk and saying so he was going to slap him and then calling Angela Yee out of her name and then Charlemagne's laughing and it basically cracking goes the like a, up. I would too. Basic, but it's going against this "quote unquote" image I would that I'm Charlemagne is you, so, giving. Yeah. You know, with like mental health, PTSD. Do um, any of them have that? No. Who? Ooh, Gucci. No.
2: Or um, Angeli or Charlemagne.
1: Or Envy. Envy. Well, Envy's been jumped, and he's gone through some experiences. Oh I yeah, has some experience. He is. doesn't really vocalize it as much, but yeah, I'd, I'll say him definitely, Charlemagne. But I guess the idea of what people are trying to pinpoint because you know how Charlamagne's means like the, the poster child for that yeah. and then for him to do that it's kind of like you're going against what you're preaching and it's somewhat insensitive uh, for you to laugh So you're
2: going from preacher mace back to murder mace. Well,
1: Basically. But his, defense, but his defense though
0: I will say we're all constantly growing and evolving and even though now he's found this, this path and changed right. a little bit this shit was funny. So it's like It was. You know I mean? So So it's like you know, it, it's kind of like he's battling within. Listen, I was this Charlemagne, I'm this Charlemagne. But this Charlemagne within me is still going to be ghosting freaking um, James, right? Right. <laughs> and right. even and though I'm James St. Patrick now, I'm, the ghost's still there, yeah. right? And that's Charlemagne. Even though I'm this Charlemagne now, other Charlemagne's still there. So if some shit is really funny to me, I'm going to crack that up, and that's what happened. So because they are co-workers, this is, this is a fact, right? They are co-workers that have been for seven, eight years. <laughs> Angela felt like, as my coworker, instead of laughing when a person disrespected me or talking about me in a certain way, you should have been defending
2: me. Yeah, she's, it it's classic overcompensation. Because, again, she's going further away from the actual issue. And now she's literally pointing a finger literally at everyone in her life as opposed to herself for taking accountability for her decisions.
0: So, one of the questions we have, and I'll go backwards and forward now, so you don't think Charlamagne was wrong for laughing at the comments about her his, his co-worker?
2: Is it not congruent with his personality?
0: For aspects of it, yes, it is congruent, yeah. You definitely don't think he was wrong about laughing at the... But here's the
2: thing. How many times did Charlamagne get threatened in the studio and Angelique was laughing? A whole bunch of times. And now, I, I would say he has a strong argument for that. That's true. Where was all that at? And now you kind of... Right, and right. it happens one time, now it's pot kettle. Come on, man. Like, are you serious?
1: Oh, yeah, and then she did go off of kind of throw some low blows, like those clips I sent you when she was saying, you know, sneak saying like, uh, you know, when your your co-host goes on a, on a, another interview and then doesn't stick up for you. Right. And then when you go back at different moments of when they clown Charlemagne or you know the patch on his face. Right. Or somebody said something about him, or when he got jumped right in right, front right. of the studio, and they're laughing at him. Is not is not considered insensitive too?
2: And again, that is the double standard. Yeah. Are, are we ready yet? All right. All
1: right. Oh. Manager, yes, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, All that, my so, goodness!
0: Just, oh. I, 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 we gotta finish this topic, man. Come on, fellas, we gonna get there. We'll get to the
2: well, to I the think we're giving like Charlemagne way too but much energy to right
0: now. We Charlemagne. All right. But there is a question that lies in beneath this, right? Excellent. So the question is that: Should your co-worker consider you a friend, and are you obligated to be loyal to them in any way as a coworker?
2: That depends. How delusional are they? <laughs>
0: W- heavily <laughs> delusional, I guess. I don't know. I mean, would you uh, expect um, more from your coworker? Would you expect loyalty from your coworker? I guess the
2: question depends on the situation. But it's one of those situations where, depending on the coworker, it could be a situation where I trust you as far as I can throw you. Right. And that it's the same way with people. So you know, it's really have you got an opportunity to know your coworker? on the level that you would someone you would do that for. So if you've done that, you've done that. If not, I again like it's it's like the whole aspect of cognitive dissonance. Like you gotta be self aware of everything. Right. You can't be delusional.
0: I agree with that. What do you think about I guess the line between coworkers and friends and the loyalty you should
1: have towards each one? You know, um personally I don't really think especially when it comes to the workplace. And even sometimes friends, the only person you should really put the most trust in is really yourself mm. to begin with. And when you go within the workplace, I guess I get the idea of you you know, creating trust within your workplace because of how many hours you put in a day with the people that are not your family. And they're kind of, in a sense, considered your family because of how much time you're spending with them. So you kind of get this idea of where Okay, this person's like my ride or die. We eat lunch together. We talk. Um, we, we text or whatever. But when that element comes up of where somebody might be losing their job or something bad happens, and then you get caught up in the situation, and then they kind of like sh- ghost. They ghost you, or they they space away from you because you got all the heat against you. So where's that loyalty then?
0: I agree. Um, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet without all I talk about once again. But um, I think titles are titles are titles for a reason, right? And I think if you're my coworker, the reason why I call you my coworker because you're not my actual friend. <laughs> so, so, so don't expect the same stuff I would do for my friend for me to do for you. Right. Um, I'm not going above and beyond for you. Right. I, 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 I might not protect your secrets <laughs> because you're not my actual friend. I don't know you. Yeah. Um, you might ask me for lunch money. I, might, I probably won't give it to you like I work for my friend. There's a lot of things I, I just won't do for you. I'm <laughs> not saying while we're at work right. that we're not cool. Right. But you probably ain't been to my house. There's a lot of different things right, right. that come, you know, with you being a friend. In the Eesh. words of the wise
1: man, Pucho, don't let him see you once you drive. <laughs>
0: right. You know what I'm saying? So if you're my coworker and, and then in this instance, She even used the term co-worker, right? So I can't defend her because I thought they were friends. Right. So when you use that term co-worker, Angela, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, you gave Charlemagne the license to do whatever the hell he wants Yeah. Because you're not friends, because you call him your coworker. Right. So I'll put it to bed and say, that's my thoughts on that.